All right, happy Monday. Welcome to Newsmax Daily for March 20th, 2023, the first day of spring. That's always a great day. Certainly something to be happy about, especially if you live in certain parts of the country. Today is International Happiness Day, inspiring people to spread positivity and encourage each nation to prioritize the happiness of its citizens. And on the food calendar, it's hashtag National Ravioli Day. Anyone that knows me personally knows how much I love raviolis. In fact, I'm going out to dinner with my sons tonight, and perhaps I will partake in National Ravioli Day. We are also down to the Sweet 16. If you were watching over the weekend, you know March Madness more than lived up to its name again. Started with the madness right out of the gate last week, so congratulations to all the winners that are moving on to the big Sweet 16. And once again, we have Miami Madness, not as in the Miami Hurricanes or any other Miami school, but that giant seaweed blob that you probably heard about isn't keeping spring breakers from Florida beaches and once again the fun turning violent in Miami Beach where two deadly shootings happened over the weekend along the famed Ocean Drive which is forcing the city to again impose a curfew from midnight to 6 a.m. The volume of people in our city, the unruly nature of too many, and the presence of guns has created a peril that cannot go unchecked especially in the evening. That's Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber. But the big news over the weekend coming from just up the road from there at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort, where he wrote on his Truth social media platform that he expects to be arrested Tuesday, tomorrow, in the Manhattan District Attorney's investigation into hush money paid to adult film actress Stormy Daniels before the 2016 election. Prosecutors looking into whether Trump falsified business records, typically a misdemeanor in New York. But of course, the DA is trying to trump up the charges, pardon the pun. If you happen to miss it, for some reason, Newsmax had in-depth coverage all weekend with a huge lineup of expert guests and a Sunday special called The Effort to Get Trump with Lydia Serrani and Sebastian Gorka. Daniels received a $130,000 payout after she threatened to sell her story of an alleged affair with Trump to the National Enquirer. A deal was then brokered between Daniels and former Trump attorney Michael Cohen. Cohen was later reimbursed by Donald Trump. Cohen is now a convicted felon who served time for perjury, tax evasion and campaign finance violations. Bragg is now attempting to indict the former president over how that reimbursement to Cohen went about. Even the New York Times calling this a, quote, novel legal theory. In part, the Times writes, quote, in New York, falsifying business records can amount to a crime, albeit a misdemeanor. To elevate the crime to a felony charge, Mr. Bragg's prosecutors must show that Mr. Trump's intent to defraud included an intent to commit or conceal a second crime. In this case, that second crime could be a violation of New York state election law. While hush money is not inherently illegal, the prosecutors could argue that the $130,000 payout effectively became an improper donation to Mr. Trump's campaign under the theory that it benefited his candidacy because it silenced 
Miss Daniels. Now, this would be an unprecedented move. Even New York Times writer and CNN contributor and Trump critic Maggie Haberman seemed perplexed by all of this. Take a listen. We're entering uncharted territory here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to note about this case. As Kara said, this is a misdemeanor that they're trying to push up to a felony. It's a, it's a, Which is a really a kind of exotic, exotic, exotic yes. case. And, and a judge could decide, no, we're going to knock it back to a misdemeanor. So even the most loyal of Trump critics on CNN calling it an exotic case. I told you back on Friday, the possibility of an indictment was pretty much their lead all of last week. And a judge could knock it back down to a misdemeanor. As of this morning, D.A. Bragg has not said whether he'll charge Trump, but there are multiple reports saying that he emailed his staff over the weekend saying we do not tolerate attempts to intimidate our office. That is a quote. We get more explanation from former prosecutor and former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi. We were hearing earlier Maggie Haberman, and she was saying that a judge could actually take this case and instead of making it a felony, knock it down to a misdemeanor. And I have another two-part question. If this is a case from 2016, isn't there a statute of limitations here? Uh, what, 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 what do you say? Yeah, Lydia, first, on, on a misdemeanor, it's a two-year statute of limitations. On a felony, it's a five-year statute of limitations. This case has been going on for well over six years. I don't see any way that they can avoid the statute of limitations um, in this case, in, unless they try to say there's newly discovered evidence. I just don't see it applying here. Secondly, I don't think anyone can make sense of this case because this case should never, ever see the light of day. The feds declined to prosecute it. This guy's predecessor declined to prosecute it. And he is a Soros-funded prosecutor who is out to get Donald Trump. And people keep using the words hush money. This is about, even in the light most favorable right. to the prosecution, this is about the execution of a non-disclosure agreement. Right. These are so common in the way the funds were dispersed in a non-disclosure agreement. And President Trump has Joe Tacopinia. He is a great defense lawyer, and they better look out. And Alvin Bragg better look out for his career, because this is going to backfire on him, Lydia. This is over for his career. Because if you're living in New York, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican, if you're the victim of a crime and you're watching this circus about to take place, you're going to be disgusted. Any member of the police department who's been pounding on Alvin Bragg's door to get their cases prosecuted and bad guys arrested, they're going to be disgusted. Every citizen who's scared to ride the subway, every parent in New York who's scared to let their children go to school, and they're wasting their money on yet another witch hunt of Donald Trump. That's former Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi, who was also part of Trump's impeachment legal team, you may recall. And just a fun fact, all the way back in 2006, Bondi prosecuted former Mets superstar Dwight Gooden for violating the terms of his probation for substance abuse. And if you think she may be a little partial to Trump, Sebastian Gorka spoke with famed attorney, longtime Harvard Law professor, and noted liberal who voted against Trump twice, Alan Dershowitz. 
in a court of law, intent is a crucial question, then let's surmise, what, what is the intent here? Even if he were arrested, even if he were convicted, even if they managed to manufacture a felony out of a misdemeanor, so what? What difference does it make? He's lived here for 14 years, he's a natural-born citizen, and he's over the age of 35. So do you have any idea as to what's going on? Are these people just hostages to their own ideology? What is the intent, Professor? Do we have an idea? Well, the intent is very clear to get reelected. Remember that Letitia James, very nice person, who was the attorney general of New York, campaigned for office on the ground getting Trump. Uh, that's why I had titled my book, Getting Trump, Get Trump. That's the goal, get Trump. And, and, and the same thing is with Bragg. Bragg will do anything. Remember that the U.S. attorney office turned down prosecution. Justice Department turned down prosecution for this very thing. But Bragg feels that, and, and Bragg's office, his predecessor, turned down prosecution. But he's decided to become creative. He knows in the end he won't win this. No court of appeals would affirm the application of an arguable misdemeanor statute, turning it into a felony by invoking federal law in a state case. I mean, you know, I taught criminal law for 50 years. If any student tried to write that on an exam, I'd tell them they're in the wrong profession. And I think that District Attorney Bragg is in the wrong profession. Uh, well, he's in the right profession. He's a politician. He's in the wrong profession being a law enforcement official. You know, it was Justice Jackson, who was a great attorney general of the United States, who once said, any prosecutor can rummage through the statute books in search of something to blame anybody for. And that's not the way justice should work. You shouldn't be focusing on a person and then searching for the crime you should be focusing on the crime, and once the crime has been committed, searching for the person. This is a perversion of justice, and it affects all Americans. Today it's used by Democrats against Republicans. Tomorrow it can be used by Republicans against Democrats. This is not a partisan issue. This is an issue of trying to destroy the Constitution in the interest of getting Trump. Again, that's attorney Alan Dershowitz on Sunday's special, The Effort to Get Trump. And check out former Vice President Mike Pence in an interview with ABC's This Week from Iowa. At a, at a time when there's a crime wave in New York City, the, the fact that the Manhattan DA thinks uh, that uh, indicting President Trump is his top priority, I think, is just tells you everything you need to know about the radical left in this country. And for the alleged rhetoric of Trump creating more violence. I think it's extremely important. The people have a right to express themselves and, and, and express the frustration that they feel uh, to see a, uh, a liberal Manhattan DA poised to indict a former president of the United States. Mike Pence on ABC's This Week. The other big story on all the weekend talk shows is Russian President Vladimir Putin's visit to Ukraine. The chutzpah of this guy, you know what I mean? The onions arriving Saturday night in the port city of Mariupol, which has been under Russian control since May. This coming as the International Criminal Court issued arrest warrants for Putin and an official in his office on war crimes. Meanwhile, China's president has a scheduled meeting with Putin in Moscow that is apparently going to go ahead today. Asia expert and author of the great U.S.-China tech war, Gordon Chang, spoke with Rita Cosby on Saturday Report. What message does that send that China just says, too bad, I'm going to meet with Putin? Yeah, China's message to the world has been, and it's continually been, look, we're supporting Russia all in. 
The United States doesn't want to acknowledge that. Um, but nonetheless, we've got to remember that this is the 40th in-person chat that Putin and Xi Jinping will have, which is astounding. Um, Xi Jinping has had only one in-person meeting with President Biden, to put that into context. And, and we're seeing China supply lethal assistance to Russia. They've been doing that since the beginning of the war. They've been stepping it up recently. There is a report that the United States, for the first time, has confirmed that there is Chinese expended Chinese ammunition on Ukrainian battlefields. Looks like it was fired by the Russians. This has now become inescapable. The United States now knows that China has violated America's red line on supplying lethal assistance to Vladimir Putin. And the question now is, what is the U.S. going to do about it? Gordon Chang on Saturday report, this is most likely something that will be addressed in this afternoon's White House press briefing. Meanwhile, as the world waits to see what the United States will do, just back from their weekend home in Delaware, President Biden and the First Lady welcomed the cast of Ted Lasso to the White House today to discuss the importance of addressing mental health and your overall well-being. Not sure if that has anything to do with International Happiness Day. And the Supreme Court is hearing oral arguments today in a case involving water rights brought on by the Navajo Nation against the federal government and several states, basically asking the Supreme Court to ensure that the tribe has enough water. The Navajos say more than 100 years ago, like 150 years ago, the U.S. government signed treaties promising them a permanent home that included a sufficient supply of water. I'm not pointing any fingers or taking any sides, but hear what I'm saying. The Navajos claim the government promised them, and then the government disputes the claim, and the states, California, Nevada, and Arizona, which all get water from the Colorado River, say if water goes to the Navajo Nation, that would make it more scarce than it already is. And last week, we talked about the push to ban TikTok coming up on Thursday. The TikTok CEO will appear before a congressional panel for the first time ever to answer some questions from lawmakers, most of whom want to ban the Chinese-run app. And on Wall Street, the focus will be on Fed head Jerome Powell's decision to raise interest rates again and by how much or to not raise them at all amid the new banking fallout. Don't forget, if you are not already watching Newsmax TV, you can find it on most major cable systems. If you have AT&T or another provider that doesn't carry Newsmax, call them and demand Newsmax TV. Also, be sure you get the Newsmax TV app so you can watch your favorite shows anywhere, anytime. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Make sure you check out the other great Newsmax podcasts as well, like Rob Carson, Jerry Callahan, and Greg Kelly Reports. I'll see you right back here tomorrow. In the meantime, keep fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.